Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fourth season of this podcast, focusing on mental health and well-being. In this, the fifth part of the series, we'll be talking about something that all Kenyans are currently obsessed with, the forthcoming elections. We'll be focusing on aspects such as election stress disorder, election anxiety, and how you can look after your mental, emotional and spiritual health during these tumultuous and unpredictable times. So do stay with me for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music and meditate together. My guest today is a self-styled philosopher from an early age. She was always interested in the nature of reality and the human condition. This interest survived the school system and eventually led to a career as a therapist. She describes the work she does at her burgeoning group practice as the privilege of a lifetime. She believes that people are fascinating puzzles. No single one is like another and it's incredibly fulfilling to facilitate a person's journey to wholeness and well-being. When not having deep conversations about life with her clients, she can be found having deep conversations with her friends. She describes herself as curious, bold and persistent. Olive Inniagui, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. I got that wrong even after <laughs> practicing it. You're going to have to say your name yourself. <laughs> Olive Inniagui. Actually, and I, I said this, you know, only uh, people from my family can say the name correctly. So, so Olive, you're off Olive, the hook. Olive Inniagui. Nearly. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, it's not so bad. Okay, it's for, for so those bad. of you listeners, I practiced it for ages before I came on air. <laughs> She can't get the soft G, but it's fine. It's Ndiangui. Ndiangui. I'm never going to You're get getting it. closer. Okay. I'm yeah. going to practice it. Next time you come on this show, we're going to get your name right. <laughs> Olive. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So tell me, you are a therapist. You've mm-hmm. been in the mental health arena for how long now? I've been in the mental health space for um, going on to six years now. Yeah, from 2017. Um where I started working for uh, a a group practice in Nairobi. Um, I got into mental health from an interesting space because my first degree is actually in architecture. I started... Whoa. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to become an architect. Actually, my first job was in this building. Oh, I'm not going to say... in the Capital FM building? Yes, in Londra Londra House. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm not going to say where, but my first job was in this building. (laughs) Fascinating. In a in a in a in an architectural practice, um, but I was my love for architecture was short lived, I think, or rather my interest waned, and I found that I had, um, an, an a sort of deeper interest that had been persistent all through, but I think I sort of had put it in the background and focused on you know following the script, like what you're supposed to do. You finish school, you get a good grade. You should go do a really good course and, you know, I mean, you know, you know the story. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And it took a lot. It was like a, a step, a, a very bold step. I think that's probably why. I'm, I, I'm <laughs> curious. Okay. So, and, and you go into mental health, but I'm curious about your own mental health at this yeah. time, because as you just said, you go into a career and your expectations, da, 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 and then suddenly you're like, I don't want to do, I've exactly. spent years studying this, but I don't want to exactly. do this. What? What did you go through? And more importantly, what did your family go through? Because yeah. it's usually the family 
Oh man, it was a time. It was, as they say, the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> okay, <laughs> why was it the worst of times? It I, was. I like it was the worst of times because it was very stressful. It was confusing. It's not that I knew that I wanted to go into mental health to become a, a therapist or a psychologist. That wasn't necessarily the plan. I just knew that what I was doing was not what I wanted to be doing. That's it. That's all the information I had, right? So, of course, that's very scary. Um, I didn't have a game plan, so to speak. But I was convinced that if I just allowed myself to connect with who I really am for a long enough time, I'd figure it out. Because I think I had um, kind of gotten disconnected to who I was and what I wanted to do because I was just doing what I was expected to do. Okay, and and that's so true of so many African com- um, families yeah. and and also Asian families. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of our culture. It's true. Yeah, you're going to grow up to be a doctor or a scientist. And you know, it wasn't even like or- it wasn't a direct pressure. Like I wouldn't say that anybody in my family told me, "Oh, you know, you have to go and do architecture." Nobody pushed me to do it. My mom was actually always very open-minded about what I wanted to do, but it was kind of like an internal internalized pressure. Like you know. I felt that this is what was expected of me and this is what I needed to do as a good kid, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was being a good kid and I was doing what I was expected to do. And I did like it, at least the first um, maybe two, three years of it. The first part of architecture is very, um, it's actually kind of like an, a foundation art course. And it's very philosophical. You talk a lot about uh why societies build the way that they do. Oh, okay. and that That's sort of interesting. Thing. <clears throat> exactly. So yeah. that was very interesting. I love that part. And of course, I, I, I draw and I paint. So I loved that part as well, right? Um, but now I decided to get a bit more technical and very like engineering and all these technical drawings and like door schedules. If you're an architect out there, I guess I know you, I know you <laughs> get it. <laughs> but yeah. Olive, but Olive didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it. I got to a place I was like, oh man, this is, this cannot be my life. Like this cannot be. So when you decide, yeah, that this is, yeah, this is your, your day to day. I'm giving up having studied because I think architects study for a long time. Oh yeah. I mean, we study for long and it's growing as well. Like it's not like the sort of thing you do lightly. So actually what happened is because um, I started getting very, um, what can I say? My attention was split. So I had these things that I was interested in. I would really read a lot of philosophy at that time. You know, I was like one of those like super serious <laughs> 20-something year olds who are always talking about, you know, what's the meaning of life, life and that yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> so, um, and then, of course, there's this thing that you're supposed to do, which is very involving. You know, it's not the sort of thing that you can kind of do as a back, you know, backseat type of thing. So it became, it kind of became a crisis because it was like, I have to pick one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of what happened. Um, were your family okay when you said, I'm I'm not going to no, be an architect? No, they, okay. were, they were not okay, which is a <laughs> respective family. <laughs> so how did your family react when you said you're not going to? What they was the response worried. like? They were worried, yeah. They were, I mean, they thought I was um, stressed, which I was, it's true. And I guess um, the idea was, okay, we probably need a break. Or, um, you know, we can support you more, right? So that you can finish, right? And, you know, once you finish and you'll start working, it'll be all right. And, I mean, of course, they tried to get me in touch with uh, people who are in the field as well, right? Who are architects and and stuff, right? Just to get me to um, get a a better perspective. But... uh, It didn't work. I mean, I didn't... I was never settled. It wasn't something that I felt... um, 
comfortable to keep doing. And the more I tried, the more I realized that it was not going to work. So you were pushing something you really didn't like, but you didn't yeah. have a game plan. Did, how did you get into therapy then? Wow. So that's the that's the interesting part of the... If you were watching a movie, it would be like this montage of me like, <laughs> okay. you know, taking walks in the city and at night and like going to this park and like <laughs> lying on the grass. I mean, it really was like that because I was like sort of like a self... Um, finding myself type of journey. Okay. It sounds really corny, but that's exactly what it was How like. How old were you at this time? I was 23, 24. Okay. Yeah. And and so you're you're trying to find yourself at this age. Yeah. So it was a whole It was it was like an un, it was like an unpacking. It felt like like an unpackaging myself. Okay. Yeah. And were you going you don't have to go into too much detail, but were you going through your own mental health journey at that time? I mean, of course, this whole thing was very stressful. So okay. there, was, there was that. And this bigger questions that I'm talking about, you know, the questions about what, what's what's life and why we're here and that sort of thing was kind of like such an intense focus for me yeah. as well. Um, and I felt like that's what I want my life to be about. It's just that I was like, but how do you make money doing that? Because okay. you're supposed to also be an adult and become a professional. And, you know, so that was like the... The struggle for me is like, how do I make this thing that I'm interested in practical and like something that I can do? When you, you say know? this thing, what do you mean by this thing? Philosophy, exactly. life, yes. purpose. Yes, being interested in how, um, why we are here, you know, okay. like why, why, why is the world, why does the reality exist as it does? Okay, look, we're going to hold that <laughs> thought because let, let, let listeners have a moment to just process that um, whilst we go to your first song choice it's Crying Lightning by Arctic Monkeys why have you chosen this song? that was basically me at like that age like 20 21 20 to 23 it was like I was a very intense okay. girl and I really loved rock by the way actually I, I wanna like I think my younger self is high-fiving me right now <laughs> being on Capitol <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she should probably think this is so cool. But um, yeah, I was really into rock music. It was a, a really favorite song of mine. You know, it's about basically this guy hitting on this girl who's like, you know, kind of badass. And she's, is that okay to say? Okay? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and she's sort of, um, you know, she's hard to crack. Okay. Yeah. So I you think were that girl. I was that girl. Okay. <laughs> we have got to listen to this song, <laughs> Crying Lightning by Arctic Monkeys.
They are past times consisted of the strange, twisted and deranged. And I hate that little game you had called Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. And just before we went to the song, Olive was telling us about dropping her life as an architect and picking up life as... As a psychologist, eventually. Okay. right? Having gone through these life questions and... Exactly. Okay, so, yeah. so how did you come to psychology then? It was an interesting story. So what happened was um, I, I went in and worked as an, an assistant art teacher for a school for a while there. Okay. Um, just well, as a way to make money and yeah, do something really else. Yeah, it wasn't even about the money so much as just something to do, right? Yeah. Um, and then while I was there, I, I found a book by Carl Young, right, in the library because I used to end up in the library quite a lot. Um, and it was very interesting. I was like, oh my goodness, this is, like, this is all the things. Like, these are all the things that I am interested in that I'm thinking of. This is... Like, you can do this in school. I don't know how it never occurred to me. I mean, psychology is a mm. course and people study it, but I don't know. It just had never seemed, um, maybe it just hadn't been presented in that way. I don't know. But that's the first time it occurred to me that this is something I could actually do. Okay. So, um, of course, I got very obsessive, <laughs> as I tend to do with things that I'm interested in. I read so much about that guy and I thought, oh, this is amazing. So... I decided I was going to go and do my master's degree um, in psychology at USIU. And, and that then, I guess, as they say, the rest is That's history. history. And yeah. so, so now you, do you run a practice here in Kenya, in Nairobi? Yes, Tell I us do. a little bit about that. Yeah. So I have a practice. Uh, it's a virtual practice. So we do all our sessions online. Okay. It started off as a, as a private practice in 2021. Um, During just after COVID, just after of. COVID, so I was working for a group practice uh, for a while there, and then when COVID happened, of course, we're all forced online because yeah, we're not having any in-person interactions. And it occurred to me, oh, I could do this on my own now, right? Um, because I don't necessarily need an office space per se. And um, I started off just you know slowly, and it can it really picked up, like it picked up quite fast, right? And I was like, oh, this is good, this is working. And, and more recently, we've grown, and I have a, a small team. Now we're becoming a group practice. Amazing. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Prometheus, Prometheus Kenya. So you, you can find it on Instagram under the handle Prometheus underscore K-E. Why Prometheus? So Prometheus is this character in group, Greek mythology who is all about um, innovation and sort of like the advancement of mankind. And I sort of tend to think about psychology that way because it's this practice that helps you better understand yourself and sort of use your personality as a tool for okay. good, right? So um, the more in touch you are with yourself, the more self-mastery you have, the, the greater your capacity to be something significant and to contribute right, to society. So um, 
yeah, I tend to think about myself as Prometheus. I tend to think about anybody who takes on that journey for themselves as, as Prometheus. Prometheus. That's really, really interesting. So tell me, where are these people who are, because it's a journey, I think therapy mm-hmm. is a journey. Where are they coming from and, and what kind of things are you seeing that mm-hmm. you and your fellow therapists are dealing with? I mean, they're f- coming from all over, really. Um, uh, it's very interesting. It's a whole mix of 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 people, different ages, um, but mostly like I would say, um, early adult to like I don't know, maybe mid forties. But I suppose that's also different. It depends, I guess, on 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 uh, every practice. I'm sure yes. gets different types of clientele. Um, but they deal with a lot of different things. Mood disorders mostly is a is a is the highest. Um, what, what? Okay, explain mood disorders to somebody who might not understand. Is that just I've got a bad mood today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that, but more serious, right? So mood disorders meaning something like anxiety or depression, right? Um, diagnosable, right? Okay. Um, and they're diagnosed by doctors before they come to you, or have they self-diagnosed and decided they need therapy? Well, I mean. You know, regardless of whether you know what you're, you're going through, you know that you're not in a good place, yes. right? So regardless of whether, you know, to call it depression, you know that, okay, I have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning. I'm struggling to go to work. I can't focus. I'm in a really bad um, mood all the time where I feel down or I feel um, disconnected from people or I have a hard time engaging in things that I enjoy. You know, like, unlike how I used to be in the past. So someone knows that something is the matter, right? And then they come to you. And of course, um, part of the treatment process is sort of coming to a kind of agreement or or an an awareness of what it is that's going on. So there is a diagnostic process, which involves sort of like doing assessments and even just the clinical interviewing process where you're engaging with the client, right? Yes. And then then from there, you, you you take the, you start... You plan a treatment and and you take it from there, right? Okay, so I understand that you're saying it's and and it's different for different clinics, mm-hmm. but you're saying it's young adults. Mm-hmm. So are we talking about twenties to forties. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then are you are you looking? Are you seeing more men coming to you or more women, or or a mixture? A uh, mixture, but I would definitely see more women. Is that because, <laughs> I, and I'm sure it's not because women are suffering from mental health more. Is that just women are more open to therapy? I think so, yeah. Um, I think, unfortunately, there's still such a huge, maybe, stigma around mental health. And um, for for whatever reason, or, I mean, we can discuss the reasons because they are there. Women so are let's, more... So let's talk about, first yeah. of all, let's talk about why women are more open and, and the stigma around mental health. Yeah. I mean, it has something to do with, um, with, with how we think about masculinity. Okay. So there's a... An, an, a view that you know is supposed to be this sort of edifice of perfect strength and no cracks you know so um even admitting or getting to a place where you recognize that something is the matter and then choosing to get help it takes a lot i think society doesn't support it uh people even tend to laugh at guys who say that they're struggling you know so it becomes very difficult for someone to take that step uh, but they do sometimes. Some people do come. Some guys do come to therapy, and 
and they they're successful you know um but i think it's it's hard sometimes i can okay. imagine that it's hard and i don't think we make we don't make it easy as a society and i don't just mean in kenya no. i mean i think this is a global problem really yeah that we see it as not masculine and not strong exactly that you you can't have feelings exactly and we have this whole thing about men can't cry and all that nonsense exactly that we exactly which is unfortunate because they say um you know whereas more women would probably um attempt suicide like the highest success rates are actually or i mean well success but you know completed suicides are by men um and i think a lot of the time it's because um by the time they're usually sitting in that space of poor mental health for a very long time without seeking any help um and they wouldn't say anything about it yeah yeah and and so that feels like the last resort exactly. to them so tell me you do all of this olive on online mm-hmm. do you find that people like online because it gives you a sense of being in your safe space mm. and there's there's a sense of anonymity you know there's that whole thing of going to a therapist's office and hoping nobody is going to bump into you in the <laughs> waiting room i remember that was me when i was so worried about <laughs> stigma which i don't you know i don't care about it anymore i'm yeah. very open but for somebody just beginning to get therapy it's often a feeling of stigma and shame around mm. it do you find that being online takes all that fear away You're actually absolutely right it really does. People feel um first of all comfortable, they can do it in their rooms, in bed, yeah. <laughs> even lying down if they want to. Yeah. You know, so I guess that makes them feel very comfortable and then it also really just makes it convenient, you know, cuz um you know, with traffic as it is, you know, it it's hard sometimes to make it to places on time. So, I find people have an easier time managing even like the commitment and being consistent um with the process and consistency is a really big part of what helps the process succeed. Okay. Yeah, so um So so how many therapy helpful. sessions do you feel is is minimum that you advise somebody to take cuz it's also about cost, isn't mm. it? You're right. And it's a big problem. I mean, the cost thing is it's a really huge problem something we really need to think about um, what what do you charge country. for example i charge 3000 okay which is what i've been hearing more and more therapists are charging because yeah. they feel that's affordable mm-hmm. but what would you say the minimum uh, number of sessions at 3000 is man that's hard to say because everyone is different mm-hmm. and i prefer not to like sort of give a very hard number mm-hmm. because every situation is different. Um when we start the process, we set a goal and our focus is the goal. So however long it takes us to get there, we're on task. But if I say to you I can't afford 3000 mm-hmm. shillings for very long, I can probably afford it for 2 months, mm-hmm. which is probably by 8 sessions. Do you then try to work in those 8 sessions to achieve that goal? Usually by the way, 8 sessions sounds like for a lot of people by the time they've hit like maybe even four six session yeah. mark this quite some progress okay. at that point yeah i um, i think six is kind of the norm in yeah. in i know in the uk six yeah. is a, is the norm yeah by that point a lot of people have actually experienced quite a lot of progress maybe even enough to terminate the process sometimes um <clears throat> enough to start to have the sessions less frequently okay you know um if if it really is that someone can't afford um to have the sessions even once or even twice right because the cost is high 
I try my best to make sure I, I have never sent someone away without a referral. I always make sure that, you know, you get someone who can actually work with you because you do need that. You'd rather go to someone who's affordable and you can commit to the process from start to finish yes. than go to someone who you feel is pricey or doesn't quite, you know, and then you just do two sessions because it's not about, it's not magic. No, you yeah. have to do the work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It takes time. And that's the reality of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Look, I have loads more questions, but let's go to your next song choice, which is Yay by Burner Boy. Why have you chosen this oh. song? Oh, yeah. That's a song I like to listen to when I'm feeling, you know, cool. <laughs> or when I, you know, I just want to... Um, I don't know how to even describe that mood, you know, when you're really feeling like you're that guy, you know? So I think that's what I like about that song. I think he's a really cool guy, Banner Boy, honestly. His songs are coming up more and more in my shows. Yeah? So yeah, more and more people tune There you in go. Boy. Cool. Well, let's go have a listen. <laughs> That's my bro, my family, frozen trees. When it comes to money, I they concentrate. Make I tell you straight, you are not my mate. If you become a shall I be head of state. But my people then go say, I know one buy, I know one die, I know one buy me. I want enjoy, I want chop life, I want buy motor, I want build house, I still want to know. Tell me, tell me, my nigga, what's it come?
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. Olive, we are approaching elections in Kenya. And I know we've been talking about therapy and things. But are you hearing or seeing people talking about elections from a point of anxiety and stress because there is such a thing as election stress disorder Mm -hmm. it's been it's a term coined in the in 2016 Mm -hmm. um are you seeing that in kenya because politics here is like it's like a religion it takes over yeah it is it is and and then we don't we don't really get a break from it right because yeah it doesn't seem to sort of stop and then begin again at the next election cycle sort of just connected you know it's like a long stream of um which i can imagine probably puts us in constant stress um so this that term that you've mentioned um it does exist it, it was coined by some yeah some steven Stozny. exactly yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> and he was talking about it in the washington post so he it's not a medical disorder it doesn't exist in the dsm per no se, yeah but it is a very real thing it's true people do get very stressed because well to begin with is the polarizing factor right like we tend to think about it as there's this opponent there are two horses in the race and it's this one and this one you know and then that really splits people in the middle um people who are probably family members friends their co-workers um so this it's sort of like a creates a conflict yes basically you know i I liken it to when in england we were going through brexit Mm -hmm. and people literally brexit tore families Mm -hmm. apart but that was a one-off thing elections happen every four to five Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. and it feels like it happens again and again and again tearing families apart yeah yeah it's a it's a really um it's really a toxic experience it's a toxic state and it gets it's worse now i think um, in this day and age because of the social media aspect of it because people are so inundated by the news you know it, there's no escape really if you're going to be on Facebook or on Instagram or anywhere really you're just going to constantly be see this information it's always in your face so it ha- it's hard to escape um, then there's a lot of negativity you know um, for some reason media sources choose to you know paint the dynamic in such a way that um, it's very divisive for yeah. the shock factor. Yes. So th- that has a way of, of impacting how people feel about it as well. And then we, we really tend to focus on personalities. So it becomes about, you know, um, it becomes very vile, we can, you know, very mudslinging. Yes. Yeah. Um, as opposed to focusing on on topics and on issues. Yes, on yeah. manifestos and issues. But we don't even believe in some of the manifestos. The way people talk, they're like, I don't even want to read it. Yeah, so, yeah. But also, do you feel, and uh, forgive me, how old are you? Are you happy to say on air? Well, I'm young. <laughs> okay. I'm young enough to be fun and old <laughs> enough to be wise. <laughs> okay, so because I'm, I've interviewed young people on the show about uh, elections and I'm quite disheartened mm-hmm. by how 20 year olds 20 something oh, year olds so? early 30 th- so many are not voting yeah they don't want to vote because they believe that the election has already been decided mm-hmm. so whoever the leader is going to be already is known mm. um and also that if they vote <laughs> one one young lady said to me i'm not going to vote because my vote will be cast for me as in mm-hmm. they feel that it's rigged do you feel that way or do you have you heard that i mean i can understand their perspective okay it's unfortunate because it really shows just how um helpless we feel yes and helplessness 
that lack of control is a really major factor in in causing trauma or making people experience trauma right because when um when you're in a situation at the very least you want to feel like you can do something about it yes and the fact that people feel like they can't do anything about it it just adds to that stress and anxiety it makes it in fact a traumatic experience okay i've never heard it put like that and that's quite scary so you're saying that feeling of helplessness and hopelessness mm-hmm. is a form of trauma yeah and and it make, and you know now we've just come from a two year long battle with covid, COVID yeah. right where we also felt very helpless because i mean it's a disease we didn't have the uh, the resources to manage it as well as we could have right um people have suffered a lot of losses not just in terms of losing their loved ones um but also you know job security freedom movement freedom, of freedom exactly yeah. it's yeah. it's been hard on everybody yeah. right and then now here comes another thing and it just and it feels like we're just along for the ride and we don't have any choice in the matter it's something that makes people feel very very helpless it's a it's an extremely stressful situation let's talk about choice because choice is one of the fundamental human rights mm-hmm. that we want to have freedom of choice mm-hmm. freedom of speech freedom to choose certain things about our bodies whether that be abortion or how we treat ourselves when freedom of choice is taken away from you what kind of psychological issues do you go through yeah like i mentioned i mean trauma right so and that, that is a trauma that is something that can cause trauma or at least exacerbate it it's a risk factor right so they talk about risk factors and protective factors so risk factors are things that um when they are present they make it more likely that such an uh, a traumatic experience would occur right or someone would experience a situation as being traumatic and not being in control yeah. is one of those risk factors yeah. okay this is really fascinating stuff because it's it's i don't think we've outlined it like this mm. before that's actually traumatic to mm. be taken what what would you say to people out there cuz hey i'm i get anxious when i hear young people saying i don't want to vote because mm. i feel hopeless mm. about this country i the 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 leaders have already been um well they've already been voted in so mm-hmm, to speak mm-hmm. there's going to be clashes there's going to be violence um staff are asking to go home because they're worried about living in a certain place in Nairobi mm-hmm. they feel safer and mm-hmm. shags how do we deal with these issues coming up what do we say to these people yeah i mean we can't we can't give up shalini it's our country mm. and this is where we live yeah. you know so you we have to do the most that we can but what can and we do we have to start by at least voting to begin with right okay. you have it does you don't have to choose because i think this is how we tend to think about it it's an either or type situation it is this is how we feel exactly. about two per- particular <clears throat> yes. and, politicians and because i'm not voting for this person i have to either vote it means i'm voting for this other person mm-hmm. whereas there, there are many choices okay. you know so vote for your values like see if someone approximates what you think is a good leader and and vote that person in. even if you know that they're not going to come into even power even if even if you know i mean surely how are we going to turn the tide mm-hmm. you know we could we could actually change this dynamic it could happen i mean maybe it's very audacious to imagine but i mean who knows if we actually put our foot forward and do something about it to vote for the person who we actually think espouses values that we think are 
important or are what we hope for for this country then maybe we actually have a chance to do something about it but if you feel like you have to vote either or then you're sort of giving up your choice in a okay. sense you're choosing based on the fact that you know this are the this is the political landscape as it's been painted yes. remember this uh, narrative has also been curated yes. by this uh, players because it's in their best interest that the narrative is as such yeah yeah so the best part, the best um thing for us to do or our control or our capacity to do something about it is to be brave and to be courageous and to do what we think is right okay so do you feel that even if we cast a vote for not the two parties perhaps we don't want to but somebody else as you say who may not win you're taking back control you're doing what you can okay. you know you have to recognize what's 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 within your power and what's not within your power yeah um uh, so i talked about this lack of control and this sense of helplessness and how damaging it can be yes. and a big part of how to get past this anxiety is yeah. to lean in okay yeah, so you could either so explain that lean in what do you mean lean in by doing what you can so if it's voting for people who you believe um hold the values that you believe are good for the country one um join a cause you know yeah. something that you believe in okay get in touch with a local leader and see how you can get engaged in your community to do some good you know we have to um we can no longer give up the responsibility to do something about the situation as it is in this country we have to take responsibility you know and the only way we can do that is by getting engaged i would say in all honesty i'm proud of kenyans because things have changed we're not the way we used to be in my own lifetime i have seen you know um a regime that was completely totalitarian in a yes. sense and yeah. and that's changed so much over mm-hmm. the years we're probably not where we want to be we're on the journey and it's very important for us to appreciate that because okay. that gives us a sense of um hope okay yeah i love this but i feel we're not communicating this to the youth of our country mm-hmm. how do we change that you see that's what we 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 have to sort of divest ourselves from this narrative that this political um players are using to advance their agendas right we have to take but they are that yeah. narrative is true it is true it's true that it, there is that narrative of <clears throat> i suppose the dynasties versus yeah. that yeah yeah it is true but it's also not um it's not all of it because we're when we do that we don't focus on the issues okay right? so we're we focusing, focusing on the wrong things we're focusing on the wrong things when you're focused on um this or the other then you're bound to get into that sort mm. of um argumentative space but if you're focused on the issues then you're going to uh be focused on what to do like how do we fix it so think about it almost like in couples therapy yes. right if you're if two people come into couples therapy and you're focused on oh you know this person said and that mm-hmm. person said all you're going to do is create more acrimony and more Uh, argument and more vilification whereas if you focus on okay what's the issue what are we trying to fix we are both teammates in this space in this relationship and we're trying to 
um, do something. We're trying to, 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 to progress in some way. There's something we're trying to build together. And when you focus on the issues, it takes it takes that polarity out of the I love that equation completely. Yeah. So that's what that's what we need to do. Not just as on every level, right? So I'm talking even even in the in the news space. And I think there is some gravitation towards that. I think even part of this div- debate process is meant to at least get people to talk about what it is that we want out of our politicians yeah. and our leaders. Though I th- I suppose we still struggle a little bit and it still ends up being um, kind of debate on personalities. But if we can manage to focus on the issues more, then we start to go in the right direction. Okay. Yeah. Oh, this sounds really interesting. I think we need to look. So it's, it's really focusing on the issues, not the people and changing the narrative that is actually being fed to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that really fascinating. Thank you. Let's go to your next song choice. It's uh, something just like this. Why have you chosen this song? Mm. Oh, I think it's a really, it's a really nice love song. I think okay. in terms of all, uh, yeah. So you know, they say all songs are about love in a sense, and I guess it's kind of true. <laughs> yeah. So it's a it's a really nice love song because it's all about, um, you know, accepting people for who they are, good and bad, and we are valuable people. Where pe- when nobody's perfect. But um, at the end of the day, what you're looking for is connection. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's have a listen. It's something just like this by Coldplay and the Chainsmokers. I've been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. And clearly I don't see myself upon that list But she said, where'd you wanna go? How much you wanna risk? I'm not looking for somebody with some superhuman gifts Some superhero, some fairy tale bliss Just something I can turn to, somebody I can kiss I want something just like this
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. And every week we do a meditation. I'm always trying to do something new. Today we're doing a RAIN meditation. So the RAIN stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and then Natural Presence. So closing your eyes or lowering your gaze, whatever you feel comfortable with. And just notice what is arising in you in terms of your emotions. Is there fear? or hurt of some kind, or excitement. What, what are you going through at the moment? Just recognizing it. You don't even need to label it in any way, just being aware of it. And then we go to the allow stage. Agree to be with it. Allow the anxiety to be there for a moment, the fear to be there, the hurt. And then let it be. Don't try and change anything. Allow it to be. Let's do some investigating. So what is happening in your body? Where are you feeling this? This fear or this hurt or this anxiety? What needs your attention at this moment? Once you've recognized, allowed and investigated, you now bring your awareness to your breathing to come to the natural presence of this moment in your breath. Breathing in and then breathing out the tension and stress in your body. Breathing in and breathing out. You can do this whole process again, rain, for every emotion you're going through until your natural presence of breath brings you back to present moment awareness. But for now, gently opening your eyes. I suppose in your work, Olive, you do a lot of breath work and also being aware of your emotions because we often don't we're not even aware of what we're going through is that correct oh yeah that happens um we can get very disconnected to what's happening to us emotionally 
I think we don't get a lot of uh, learning around how to manage emotions. It's not something that's like deliberately taught. You know, I, I think it's a huge <laughs> um, oversight yes. in terms of the education system. It's something that everybody should learn because it's um, it's the only way you can control yourself or, yes. or um, manage yourself. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Oh, Olive's like, what's the question? I forgot. <laughs> you can no. So you you are you in your uh, therapy? You uh-huh. teach people to deal with emotions. Oh yeah, I do. So um, I I do actually. I would say for me, my focus in my process is self compassion and I mindfulness. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. Sort of like at the base of of my therapeutic process okay. is self compassion and mindfulness. That's amazing. Yeah, but a lot of people don't know what mindfulness is in this country. They just think it's you know when I talk about meditation, they're like, mm. oh, do we have to sit cross legged and mm. chant and <laughs> put prayer beads and incense on? And I'm like, if you can breathe, you can meditate. Exactly. And if you if you if you can't breathe, you're dead. So yeah. <laughs> everyone can meditate. I don't think it's uh, it doesn't become apparent until you try it for a while and then mm-hmm. you start to really recognize the impact it's having. It sounds like a very, you know, like, what is that even like? What are you really doing? But when you think about how much uh, the mind tires when yes. it's constantly on loop with all the little stories that it you know creates for itself and all the little journeys it's a very very tiring thing that the mind is doing and mind- meditation is probably the only thing that really can give mind that rest rest yes. yeah so it's a it's a very restful uh practice and it's if you can manage to do that and put yourself in that state often throughout the day just imagine how how much well-being you'll be experiencing it's how a, often do you meditate thing. i i try and meditate at least every morning and evening okay but for how long here is try <laughs> okay no no and try no yeah and, and the whole point of mindfulness is no judgment exactly so if you can't sit down and, and or stand or, or even for a minute in a day yeah as long as you try the next day or try 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 i do 30 minutes to an hour every morning and evening. every morning and evening especially if i'm having a very busy day um that's especially the time when I want to make sure I get it done or at least at the end of the day it mm-hmm. helps a lot sometimes I'll even do it somewhere in between mm-hmm. like if I know I'm about to uh, step into another session and I'm feeling frazzled for whatever reason or you know I just came from a ex- uh, especially heavy experience with a client then I'll take some time and, and meditate and it helps to center me and put me back in um equilibrium space yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. fantastic very few of my guests meditate i've had maybe out of 70 guests i would say probably about 10 mm. so i mean i meditate and i actually make a point of um even going on a meditation retreat at least once a year okay for like 10 days do you go do you do vipassana that is okay. actually what i do yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love Vipassana. Okay, um, I want to read your quote very quickly. It's by Maya Angelou. One isn't necessarily born with courage, but one is born with potential. Without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. We can't be kind, true, merciful, generous, or honest. I love that. I do. I don't even think you need to explain <laughs> it. I just think without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. And it's interesting because you you use the word brave. Go out there and vote. Mm. Be brave. Mm. 
Finally, Olive, if I were to cast you away to a desert island and you could only take one book with you, what would it be? Uh, I think I said Pride and Prejudice. I wanted to say God of Small Things, but I was like, oh my God, it's such a heavy book. I love it's God of Small. It's a lovely book. I love book. it. I lo- people love it or hate it. It's the Marmite of it books. It was, oh my goodness. I have never, I mean, it was a journey, yeah. really. That book was... It, it was an experience. I remember it to this day. Yeah, so do I. Viscerally. It was and, amazing. And interestingly enough, I read God of Small Things the first time and hated it. Mm. Got through to two chapters, couldn't read it. Picked it up the second time and I was like, this is an amazing book. It was remarkable, honestly. It's a serpent of a book. Feels but like you didn't like. choose it. Why? Uh, if I'm on a de- if I'm on an island yeah. I th- and I'm stranded, yeah. surely I think I just need like good vibes. Yeah, it's a, it's too intense. So I chose Pride and Prejudice because I think it's such a fun, flirty book, and 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 witty as well. You so love love, don't you? I I do love love. <laughs> I do love love. Well, I think you know, I'm a romantic. I think if I'm on a desert island, <laughs> I wouldn't mind Darcy with me either. I'm not yes. sure. I'm not sure I'd want Elizabeth there, but you know. <laughs> But you're Elizabeth. That's, <laughs> you how you read, that's how you read the book. <laughs> that's it. how you read the book. My brother gave me that book uh, when I was, I think, 16. I think I read like 15 I've times. read it a lot of times. I love it. Yeah. It's beautifully written. It's an easy it. read, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and what song would you choose? I think I chose uh, Starman for the same reasons by David Bowie. I think it's a very reassuring song, you know? Like, okay. Oh, there's a Starman waiting in the sky. Cool. Okay, we'll have to listen to it. <laughs> and um, your your luxury items got nothing to do with love. Socks. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I my feet have to be warm. <laughs> let me tell you. That's if my feet are warm, I can handle anything. But if my feet are cold, I cannot do a thing. So you go to bed with bed socks. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I've been doing that. It feels very unsexy, but right now my feet are so cold. I'm always <laughs> in socks. Even even in hot weather, by the way, I'm in socks in the house all the time. It's okay. like my. N- it's a non-negotiable for me. <laughs> I love this. I love how we get to know about people on the show. Thank you, Olive. I'd like to present you with my book, Always Ooh. With You. It's my memoir. Oh, thank you. This is um, nice. As a thank you for appearing on my show. To all my listeners, this book is now available at Textbook Center and Rafa Books in Kenya and Amazon Worldwide. Please also follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations, and lots more on my social media at just doom olive thank you is there a final message you'd like to share with our listeners and how can people reach you um i think a final message i would say be bold right be bold be be courageous do what you believe is right you don't have to go with the masses um can i share a small story a snippet yeah Um, there was a very interesting study that was once done where they brought in a bunch of people into a room. Okay, like three people into a room. One of the participants was a uh, was planted, right? And um, so they asked them to choose out of three lines, which was the longest, right? And there was a very obvious long line. But then um, the plant said, you know, B, which was not the correct answer. And every time... Everyone else chose B as well, despite the fact that it was obviously not the correct answer, right? But it, um, what was interesting was that if one person was brave enough to say, no, I actually think it's C, which was the correct answer, most people felt that it was okay for them to actually say that yes. it was C, right? Yeah. So it just takes one. Yes. It takes you. It just takes you choosing, right? 
to do what you genuinely believe is right and to do the right thing. That's it. It just takes you. It'll take us some time probably. We're not going to maybe make, you know, all the changes that we want to see in this election. But so long as we build that into the fabric of our natures and we instill those same values into our children, then we could do anything. You know, Kenya could end up anywhere. I love that story. I've heard it recently only, and this is the second time I've heard it today. And mm. you're so right. You are, and I think your word is courage, isn't it? You, yeah. It comes up again and again in what you that say. That is my word because I think it's um, it's probably the best thing that you can do for yourself is to be, you know, they call it the willingness to be disliked, mm-hmm. the courage to be disliked, mm. and to do what you feel is right regardless of the situation. It's the thing that sets every great person apart from from the masses. Yes, because they made a decision to exactly. speak out. How can people reach you, Olive? Because I'm sure there will be people who want to. Um, you can find me on Instagram on that handle, Prometheus underscore KE. Uh, yeah, and we can chat there. It's my primary social media. I, I don't know how people do it with like, all this. Uh, hand- no, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not on Facebook anymore. Twitter, I hardly go on to. It's yeah. too toxic for me. So Twitter is hard, man. <laughs> Yo, it's scary. I actually have never even tried. It's a bit scary. It's very scary. And Kenyans on Twitter <laughs> are scary. So I'm like, I, I go in there occasionally. I just go to look and yeah. be like, oh my God. Yeah. You know? I, I think if I say something, <laughs> am I going to get trolled? You know, I just can't be bothered. With it. Honestly, so maybe, maybe we need to be brave on yes, Twitter. Yes, <laughs> we should probably. T- I don't know if I want to. I don't know. No, man, I'm already fighting enough battles. Maybe further down the road. <laughs> but yeah, if you find me, if you send me a message on Instagram, I handle the page myself. So you, you'll reach me directly. Fantastic. Yeah. To all my listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental health issues, please do seek professional help. And that includes Prometheus or a counselor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. To play out the show, we've got Olive's final song choice. It's Starman by David Bowie. I'm Shalini Bala Lucas. I'm grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful.
Stop. 